Hey guys, and welcome to Fisher Philbrick The Show. This is your host, Michael, and I just want to thank you for tuning in and giving us a listen. Fisher Philbrick is a management and production company that assembles, manages, and produces both creative projects and businesses. Our first project being this podcast, The Show. And so, without further ado, let's jump right on in. Alright you guys, we are here for another episode this week. We hope your day has been going great, and if not, we hope you are able to turn it around and make it into a better day. And hey, if your day is ending, don't worry, tomorrow is a new day. So, this week we have some stuff we're going to go through. We're going to give you a preview right now. We're going to go through our business updates on Fisher Philbrick similar to what we did last week. Then we're going to head to our business topic, which will be the theme of this episode being asking for, receiving, and giving feedback, all you need to know. And then we're going to go ahead and end in closing with our sign-off and get you ready for the coming days. So if all that sounds good with you, let's jump right on into it. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and start off with our business updates. The first one being our social media building. We mentioned this last week, and I think it'll be something each week that we're going to have to go through because it is such an important part to any business that is starting out and growing and really finding their niche within their market and just getting out there. Uh, We're still moving forward. We're connecting with the accounts and businesses that we have previously known, that we have in our network, that we've worked with, basically branching out to people that we know is a good first step uh, as far as we think. And then we're also starting to slowly reach out and follow other accounts that we don't know, kind of scoping out and figuring out as we go how to best do that. But what we've learned is it will take time, lots and lots of time to build things up organically. We mentioned this last week, but I feel like that is just something that will always be kind of the front running when it comes to social media and trying to build your account and get the connections and the interactions. So for us, trying to keep in mind that slow and steady is a good mindset to keep as we move forward will be really important as well as for yourself. If you are in that same boat, uh, just keep that in mind, you know, unless you're buying fake followers and robots to follow you, most likely it will not come that fast or you'll have to spend an incredible amount of time every minute of every day. And within that, we are also thinking that it does take some time in anything you're doing to build basically the credibility behind your account and what you're saying, to build confidence in others, and to really get them tuned into what you're doing and not just following you because anyone can follow you, but to actually interact with your posts, to consume your content. I think that is one of our biggest goals is because we are creating a lot of content that is really helpful, um, even this podcast alone, but all the articles that we're putting out, the social posts we are putting out are there to help other people. So of course, what do we want? We want people to consume this so that it can help them, not because we're looking for likes or more follows, because at the end of the day, our mission is to help entrepreneurs and business owners start build their businesses and having us provide those resources and that's a lot of what we're doing through our social media. So that's something that we'll, we will continue to be working on. Uh, from there, our business interviews. So kind of tying this in with our social media, we're kind of thinking it will most likely, like realistically, uh, and maybe even a little optimistically, take anywhere from like one to three months before we're actually going to be getting into the swing of having businesses on the show. It is like, oh man, we wanted to start that out right away. Uh, but Like we mentioned, building the reputation and credibility, I think will be a big part of this. And as we keep progressing forward, kind of we just have the gut feeling that 
things will come together with our business interviews. Um, and we can't say more than that other than it's just like a gut feeling like, hey, yes, it's different than we pictured, but we're just going to roll with it and keep on going, which is so much to life in any project you're doing is sometimes you can't really explain what's going on, but you have this feeling. So you know what you do? You just go with that feeling until something else comes along your way or until you get a different feeling <laughs> and you just go with it. So that's kind of what we're doing when it comes to the business interviews. In the meantime, we will have these business topic podcasts just because we think it is still so important and exciting to still have this in there. Uh, and you can still learn from this. And that is the point of being able to help other people. Uh, but while we're at it too, if you do have a business and you want to be interviewed, connect with you, go ahead and find our application page on our website. We have all the information. Hey, even if you just want to email us and ask for it or message us, let us know. We'll send you all the information because we would love to have you on the show. And then closing it out with our last two updates, one being creating weekly schedules. This is something that we worked on today even, and will just be helpful in further organizing how our weeks go, how they're made up, making sure we get things accomplished in good timing and without having to scramble around last minute for anything. Because if you've been there and you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do and we're already at the end of the week and I have not gotten half of it done, it's just not a good way to live. So how do you get around that? Create schedules, organize yourselves, create good time management systems, which is something that we're already have been doing and we're good at and something that I really enjoy doing. So it, this was more so just like actually sit down, print out like a weekly schedule and write out bullet by bullet what you want to do on the different days so that at the beginning of each week as you're preparing for the week, you already know like how your days are going to be formatted, which makes it a lot easier just to jump in. You're not having to think and spend the time thinking of like, what do I have to do? Oh man, I think I'm missing something, but I don't know what. So I'm just going to sit around <laughs> and be on my phone or, you know, waste time. No, we don't have time to waste. So that was a big thing. And kind of we're creating two weekly schedules. I would say we, we did just start with one. Uh, one will be for the weeks when we don't have a specific business interview, which will be like this week and probably the next few weeks where we'll just have a business topic. That'll be important because it will be a lot different in that we're creating the content ourselves, whereas our second schedule will be incorporating another person, a business, and making sure we have all of our social posts ready to go for that, the uh, spotlight, which is like a blog post on that business, that ready to go, the images all set. So there's a lot more leading up to the interview as well as having the interview that we'll need to incorporate into the schedule. So rather than kind of making that up now and having to make huge edits to that second one, we're gonna wait a little bit. Uh, we already kind of know the main gist of that. We have planned out quite a bit for the actual show and the interview process leading up to the actual interview. So that'll be something as we get businesses on the show, we'll go ahead and kind of iron that out. But as we do start adding businesses into the mix, our hope would be that we would be able to have then two podcasts per week, one on the business topic that we've chosen, the business article, podcast article that goes within that. And then the other would be focused primarily just on the business that we're interviewing. So that's something super excited that we are hoping for, dreaming of, uh, really looking forward to as we keep growing and as we can incorporate those business interviews. So that does kind of tie in with the last one. And then finally, we'll get to our last point for this section, which are checklists. And oh man, this has been 
so helpful and we're already on our second week of implementing this into our weekly schedule. So if you think of the weekly schedule, it's a day by day and then within your day, what do you have? You have a bunch of things that you need to get done and you wanna stay on track and make sure you get those things done and what better way to do that than with a checklist. So that's something we're starting out with on our kind of the day before we start the work week. So think of that as your rest day, the day when you may be still doing a little bit of stuff for your business, but it's more so that you are planning and preparing for the week to come. You're not actually like hands deep into the content and writing it and creating it and doing all this posting and interacting and feeling like it's a busy, busy day. It's no, this is your rest day. You are resting from the busy week you had and you're preparing for the next week in order to make yourself better and more productive. So that's why we would suggest doing a checklist. We're already doing it, uh, just tracking where you go throughout the week. We also suggest adding in things that are like super easy to do, such as like check emails or check social media, make your Monday social posts because checking things off, it's a really good like psychological trick for your brain to being like, wow, I'm getting so much done. I'm being so productive. Even if it's stuff like, I ate breakfast or <laughs> I made myself lunch or I took my afternoon nap. Wow, good for you, who cares? Well, your brain cares because it's thinking that you are super productive and what do you do when you start being productive? You get on this like even more productive <laughs> rampage as you're just going throughout the day and you're like, wow, look at this that I did and this and this and this. So while it is like very exciting for yourself to look at everything you've done, it also, make sure that you actually get these things done. So that is what we've been incorporating, something we did kind of in previous jobs to really keep us on track when we were super busy. And even though we may not be super, super busy now, there's still a lot that we have to get through each day to stay on track and to stay focused. So how we're doing that, it's with checklists. So we suggest you do it, write them by hand too. That's a big difference because you're actually getting that movement of using your hands, pen to paper, and then crossing things out is super fun. You can either make little boxes and just put an X or a check mark, or if you're really intense, you can actually <laughs> scratch out the entire line. It looks a bit messy, but also it's like, never again will I see you again. Goodbye. So that wraps things up for our business updates, and we're gonna head into our business topic, which we're super excited about. So are you ready? Let's go. All right, you guys, so we're finally here. The topic, we'll say it one more time, is asking for, receiving, and giving feedback, and all you need to know within these three categories. Basically, when we were thinking of what to talk about next and what to really focus in on, it kept coming back to this idea of feedback and like, wow, it is so important, but it is something that we do not like. <laughs> you know, I don't, I mean, we'll go into why that is in a little bit, but that was the overall feeling of like, ah, oh, it's so important, but we don't like doing it, but we should always ask for it. And when we do ask for it, we, you know, we're nervous about it and we don't really like it, but at the same time, it really helps us. And we are like, if we're feeling like this, I feel like there's so many other people that also have these same feelings when it comes to feedback and really knowing like, have we ever really been taught how to ask for feedback, how to receive it well, and then also like giving it out ourselves. I mean, there are certain things that hopefully you were taught as a kid of like being kind and respectful to others that you can incorporate. But when it comes down to it, what is, you know, what are these things? So that was a big part of when we were coming to this topic and kind of introducing it is that, you know, it's been on our mind a lot because with Fisher Philbrick being a new company, we did actually go out and ask about 
anywhere from about, let's say 10 to 15 people, asking them to review our website and business, kind of giving us their overall, you know, hey, could you give it a look? Uh, and we'll go into that in a little bit more too of like what we actually asked the people uh, to do. But that is why it's been on our minds and is something that we would say like we've been navigating <laughs> this sea of feedback for quite some time, but also very recently. So that brings it fresh into our minds and us really wanting to bring you know, both beneficial and healthy ways to ask for it, to receive it well, and to give it so that your work can be strengthened and then even built up to a better extent than where it was before. So throughout this topic, we're gonna go through some background, when and why to ask, asking for feedback, receiving feedback, giving feedback, and then the conclusion to wrap it all up and take us home. So if you're ready for that, let's get started with our background. All right, so in background, when it comes to this, let's go ahead and start with thinking through some recent experiences of when you have received feedback. It doesn't have to be so, so recent, but recent enough where you can still remember how it was given. You you still have those memories and the feelings that came with the feedback, be it good or bad. And within that, you know, if you're, you're having some trouble narrowing it down, it can be from like a creative project you've worked on a business you're building, a work review from either like a supervisor or manager at the workplace. It can be from a friend or family member about a life choice you're making or have made, or even the unwarranted stranger just throwing feedback your way as they pass by. How rude. Uh, but in these instances, kind of think through, did you actually ask for the feedback or was it given to you without asking? Did you learn anything from the feedback? How were you feeling throughout the whole process, both as it was happening as well as after? And then kind of finally, did it overall help you? You know, did it better yourself, better your work? Uh, we just think that from here, it's super helpful to keep those questions in mind. And then also as we keep going and as you're listening, kind of narrow it down to two different times that you've received feedback. Think of one where it was positive and helpful and like, hey, wow, it may have been hard to hear, but like I grew a lot from that and wow, I would do that again. And then the second one, think of one where it was not so positive and you felt like it was not given in a helpful way. This can be when you know, you're given feedback and it just makes you angry or you're like, what do they know? You know, why would they say that? Like, that's so rude, ugh, gross. Even if it sounds like I should do it, I'm not just to spite them. <laughs> uh, maybe you don't feel that strongly, but I feel like I have and so most likely other people have too. But it is important to keep these in mind as we keep going through this topic because it'll be super helpful as we relate these different areas of feedback to bring it to your own self so that you can really compare yourself to it, your experiences, and then really the whole outcome is to create the best outcomes you can for yourself when you are asking, receiving, or giving it, which is really all that you can ask for. <laughs> and then for ourselves, we have found that getting feedback throughout the years is something that does help us get better, both at what we're doing and what we're working on to really push us forward. However, at the same time, we find it to be just as tricky to ask for it. And more so, I found myself that the waiting to receive the feedback is what leaves me feeling like nervous, anxious, and stressed. And just that there's something so difficult about, you know, first you're asking for feedback, and then you're also consuming the feedback that you've asked for. Almost like we didn't want to ask in the first place and therefore we don't really want to hear <laughs> what has to be said or at least that's when I've really narrowed it down and even uh, I create like some you know maybe one to two pages of notes as I'm getting ready for the podcast and last night I saw in bold feedback and I, my heart stopped for a minute I'm like what 
who put this on my page? What what feedback are we doing? And I was like, I reread it closely. I'm like, dude, calm down. You're talking about feedback tomorrow. <laughs> like, of course, but just showing like, whoop, even just the word and seeing it incites this like, oh my gosh, what is this? Uh, and you'd think that after, you know, many years of getting feedback and asking for feedback, you'd be like super great at it. But I would say that that is not always the case, which really made us hone down in on this topic and be super intrigued with it of like, whoa, like how can we focus in on making this area of feedback one that is a successful process that in the end we can all be better at asking for receiving it and giving it. And so to start off within this topic of feedback as well as end this section on background, here's some of things that we can tell you about feedback. Number one, feedback is an important step and element to add into any of your projects you're working on and bringing to life because it can be used to make your work better and to strengthen it. Two, small mistakes, grammatical errors, typos, and sentence structure corrections are all minor elements that can be caught when you have someone else review your work, which is a huge save and is much less embarrassing than having a customer or follower pointing it out to you via email or direct message. Three, an overall impression of your work is given from someone who has never seen it before. Now, this is super important because it'll be very similar to how future customers and followers will be and how they'll view your work. And wouldn't you want to know what these people will be thinking so that you can edit things while you're still working on it and before you've launched? And four, you're made aware of certain elements within your work that may not make sense as you are meaning it to that needs some more clarification and maybe needs a varied description or altogether you know, it's just something you need to cut out however much time you spend on it in order to make things work better and work more smoothly. Five, feedback is given from those from different walks of life, those with different career paths and with different sets of skills and specialties than you. And utilizing their strengths and these strengths is a way to then strengthen your own work, which is very wise and will get you further along at a much quicker pace than if you were to do it all on your own. Six, when you've been working on something for many weeks or months, you may start to lose perspective. So getting feedback is a great way to make sure you're on the right track and that you're headed in the right direction, a good direction. Or if you're not like, hey, let's make a U-turn and go back and get things back on track. And then finally is it's a breath of fresh air that can be inhaled after you've gotten this feedback. We talk about how it is nerve wracking to get it, but after you've gotten it, you know, there is so much relief found in like, whoa, your work has made it through its first test and you are now able to get back to working on it. You're able to make these adjustments or edits if it's needed. But overall, like, wow, great job, which we really think helps tie everything in together with this topic and as we go. And now that we know a bit more about kind of ourselves and our thoughts on feedback, as well as the observations on this topic, we're ready to jump into the when and why, which is really exciting because we actually start getting down to these specifics, which is what we're here for, right? Okay, so when it comes to when and why to ask, we're actually going to start off with when you should ask, when to ask. And last week, we had a whole topic and discussion on ideas, and we talked at length about you know, when you should actually share your idea and provided what we called an idea timeline to demonstrate kind of the best possible time to do so. And now when we're talking about when to get feedback, we're going to say that it's overall like very similar and almost essentially the same thing. You guys, they're very closely related. But when you want to ask will be when you've built things up as far as you can on your own. 
you know, you've proofread and fixed as many typos and grammatical errors as you can. You've taken a break from your work and have come back to it with fresh eyes. This is something that's really important, especially if you've been just in your work for too long and you haven't taken these needed breaks. Uh, you've thought through how different people will view your work as well as the different questions they will ask, kind of like taking on that realistic and critical look at your work before other people do so that you can help yourself. And you made varying versions or multiple versions of your work to see the differences and really which one works best and then selecting that one. That's another thing that doesn't always seem to make sense, but like, hey, if you're already going in there and you can make different versions, like try it out on different days, see if you like these colors better or this formatting better or these image sizes better, you know, incorporate that with taking those breaks so that you can come back to your work with fresh eyes and then choose which version looks best. All right, and then from there, another time when you should ask for feedback is kind of on the other spectrum of things, but it's when you're not sure which direction to head next with with your work. You feel like you've hit either a creative block or a writing block and you can't make forward progress. You've spent a long time on this project, but now basically you're feeling like it's a waste and you should scrap it. And finally, like it's something you want to give up on, but at one time this gave you like so much excitement and joy that, you know, is such a good time when you really need to ask and reach out to people for feedback. And as you'll notice, like these two instances are very different and varied. You know, on one end, you've worked really hard and you're ready to launch your project into the world, but you're gonna be wanting some feedback before you do so in order to build it up and make it the best that it can be. And then on the other end, you know, your project may be at a standstill, things aren't going great and you don't know why. And basically you feel like giving up on your work and throwing in the towel. But both of these instances are when you should ask and are very important for you to ask whether you know, you're propelling your work into the world or you're trying to save and salvage your work. You know, feedback can be used to get you there on the right path, moving forward and heading in the direction that you want to go. And then when we're jumping back over to why you should ask, the overall reason of why you're asking for feedback is really quite simple. You know, you're looking to get better, to improve what you have, to strengthen what you've thus far built up, to save yourself from future embarrassment and issues, and to make things in the best standing that they can be as you're moving forward. And yes, as we said, like it is so simple, and yet if you really think on these things and boil it down to it, it really makes sense of why you know feedback can be beneficial and why it's helpful, why it's important, and why you should actually be asking for people to give feedback on your work or the you know, decisions you're making in your life, why you should ask. And yes, uh, we understand that many times it does feel like the feedback given to you is like trying to tear you down. You know, it's pointing out all the negative elements and not the good stuff on your project. And you're like, hey, did you not notice like how much good stuff was in this? You just told me all the bad stuff. And we'd say like, hey, that is not the case. However much it may feel like that is not why you should be getting it. And really, I mean, if the person giving you the feedback is making you feel like that, it most likely means that they need to improve on their end how they're giving it to you. And you should point them to this podcast because we're going to get to that. <laughs> but the overall purpose that you really need to understand is that you're asking for feedback because you want to better yourself and your work. You know, it's something you made the decision to do and you should be proud of yourself for both, you know, making that decision to ask for it and then also receiving it and taking it in well, which can be so difficult and so tricky. So we know, we feel you on that. 
And if you really keep these items in mind when you approach the topic of feedback though, both when to ask and why to ask, you're able to confidently ask and receive it, however difficult, uncomfortable, and anxiety-ridden it may be because you know at the end of the day why you're doing it. Which leads us to our next section of asking for feedback. Now, when you come to the topic of asking for feedback, know that there are many different ways to go about this and asking someone for feedback, how you should do it. You know, there's so much in there, but we want to let you know that, you know, to start, it helps going with what you know have worked well in the past for yourself. So if you've had good experiences, start out with those, but then also know that sometimes you really do have to step out of your comfort zone and that is what is gonna be needed to further push you forward. Within that, we do wanna share some different points that we think are helpful when it comes to asking for feedback. Starting with who you should ask feedback from. Now, ideally, you'll be wanting to start asking feedback from a majority of people that you trust, that you know well, that are willing to spend the time reviewing your work, they have good work ethic, and they've proven to you in the past that they're both credible and a good source of knowledge and wisdom. We suggest going through your close family and friend circles to see if any, any of these people fit this criteria. And then from there, actually go to your direct messages on social media or your text messages, your emails, and see who you're in contact with the most. Keep in mind also too that some of your coworkers may actually be great people to ask, especially if you've already been talking to them about the project. The main idea though is that you're asking people that you're already in contact with as it's much easier to ask them if they're interested in taking time out of their day to review your work and really an out of the blue request that you know, you're asking someone who you haven't talked to in months or years and you're like, hey, can you do this for me? It just doesn't come across uh, all too well, all too professional, all too kind. So stick with the people, at least when you're starting in your network that you know. And a quick tip within this is to go ahead and make a list of potential people you may want to ask and then kind of narrow things down from there based on the specific project and the specialties that the person may have and be able to bring to your project. We you know, suggest choosing people that you'll think will give honest and positive feedback on your work. Honest meaning that you'll be getting constructive criticism and not that they're avoiding giving anything but good feedback, which we think is a, you know, that's a big difference and that they're not just giving you, you know, only good things, but they're not just giving you bad things. It's honest. You know, they're giving constructive where you can build from there and learn from there. So that is super important. And in our experience, we also tend to steer clear of people who are pessimistic in nature and in life as they're much quicker to give that negative feedback rather than the constructive criticism. And that's what we're looking for. Remember, why are we asking? It's to get better, to build on to what we have, to strengthen it. And from there, how many people should you ask for feedback? Depending on the project, the number of people may vary, but we suggest anywhere from that 10 to 15 people that will be a good amount and a good range to get varied feedback as well as make up for some that don't actually send in the feedback that said they would and gives an overall good impression because you have quite a few people that you're not all going to get the same you know not everyone is going to think the same have lived the same remember we mentioned different walks of life that is why it's good to get you know at least 10 people 15 20 if you can uh, and then from there what platform do you ask if they're interested in giving the feedback you know reach out to them on whatever platform you hold the majority of your conversations on. It could be, you know, you text this person a lot, you email a lot, you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, talking to them all the time. Basically, you're contacting them on the platform where you already have a majority of your conversations, and this will set you up for the best success. And one, 
you know, you're going to be able to get their attention much better. And then two, you're also going to have them both see your message and respond to your message. Even if it's a no, thank you, I'm not interested. At least, you know, if you're texting someone who you've never texted before and you usually talk to them on Instagram, it, you know, it just comes across weird or maybe they don't have your number. They're like, who is this? So stick with contacting them where you already hold your conversations. And then from there, how do you ask them to give you feedback? We'd say that you want to stay in a similar tone to what you've already built up with that person, how you already talk to them. You don't need to make this all, you know, professional and like, hello, will you do this for me? When normally you're like, hey, how's it going? So keep it light, upbeat. Uh, an example we have in the article that we wrote for this topic is like, hey Fisher, I've been working on building a website for my new business in the last few months and I'm almost ready to launch it. If you have the time, I was wondering if you'd be interested in giving it a look and sending some feedback my way about it. You know, there it is. It's short, sweet, and right to the point. And this sort of a message keeps things exciting and positive. It also does get to the point of asking them what you're looking for. And it's phrased in a way that allows the recipient to decline your offer politely if they don't want to give it to you for whatever reason, which yes, it almost seems backwards to you know, give them an easy out. But at the same time, we would say like, you don't want someone reviewing your work if they don't want to. You know, It shows that you're respecting them and knowing that you are asking for their time, which is very valuable. And if they respond and say they're interested, you can thank them and ask them for their best email to contact them on and take it from there. And we suggest emailing from there just because it is more professional and you can better set the background and guidelines of what you're looking for, give some more context to your project. We would say like, say you're messaging them on Instagram, it's just enough to be like, hey, are you interested in doing this? If so, awesome. Can I email you the rest of the project details? Because do you really want to be sending like paragraphs <laughs> within your Instagram message box? And also the flip side of that is, do you want to receive that feedback via Instagram or texting or wherever you're reaching out to them? So it's basically, you want to set your recipient up for the best success in reviewing your work and also giving yourself a good route to collect the feedback in which we suggest emailing is the way to go. And then from there, what guidelines do you give when asking for feedback? This is where it gets a bit tricky and you'll need to assess each person you're asking, which sounds like, uh, I just want an easy answer, but it's not always an easy answer. What we found is that if you're more broad in asking them for their feedback, you both get so the excitement, which is fun, but also the unpredictability of seeing where the person will take it and what they'll focus on. However, this allows them to stick to knowing what they know best. Doing what they know best, they can get feedback on what they're most knowledgeable about. It also gives them a chance of actually reviewing your work and following through with it. Sometimes if you are too specific about what you want to know, it can cause them to not follow through. I mean, you know, generally people are, are lazy. And if you give them a whole list of things to do, you may be excited about that. Maybe it was fun for you to create like, tell me about this and this and this, and what are your thoughts on this? But to them, they're like, dude, I could be watching Netflix right now, sitting on my couch, <laughs> you know, eating some food. Am I gonna bring out a computer and type sentence after sentence and paragraphs? Most likely not. I mean, we would hope for that and you would hope for that if you're really looking for some great, honest feedback that will help push you forward. But at the end of the day, we've seen that being a bit more broad can be helpful and really lets them take it where they wanna take it. And is also hopefully something that 
is exciting for them because then they can focus in on like, hey, I know a lot about colors. When I look through this website, I'm gonna look at all the colors they chose and really focus on that. So that's what we suggest for some guidelines is maybe make it a bit broad and kind of leave it up to the person. But if there are specific things that you're wanting to know, definitely add that in. I know I'll give an example of the one that we sent out when people were, were reviewing our website um, and that'll show you a little bit more about that which we'll actually get to now is an example of a feedback request email. So we reached out to people, we asked them if they're interested. Yes, they were. Then we got their email, and now we are going to actually send them the email that kind of details what we're looking for and what we're actually asking them to do. And now in this email, we did keep things like upbeat, positive, exciting, as well as gave some general directions of what we're asking them to do and then close things out with sort of a plan of where we were headed in the near future. And we more so use this just to kind of fuel the excitement with ourselves and hopefully with them, but to also give a sense of urgency and getting the feedback returned. Because if you have ever reached out to people, you know, you don't want to tell them like, I need this by tonight or I need it by tomorrow because maybe they don't have that time and they're like, eh, it's not worth it. I don't want to get off the couch <laughs> right now. But hey, if they gave me a couple days to do it, I can do that, I can find the way. Remember, people are lazy, uh, myself, yourself included. So here is an example email that we use. Hey, so-and-so, thanks so much for being willing to preview the Fisher Philbrook website and give us some feedback on it. We're so close to being able to officially launch the business. The link to access the site will be our website <laughs> and can be viewed on mobile or desktop. Desktop will be a bit nicer to get through everything, although likely the majority of people will view it on their mobile device via finding us on social media. Let me know if you have any thoughts on the overall site once you're able to go everything through everything, and I'd be happy to hear it. Any typos or grammatical errors you find would be great to know about. And then if there is anything bigger on the overall scale that doesn't come across right, definitely let me know and I'll see how and when it could get patched up. The plan as a few people are reviewing and going through the site, we're planning things out to host and post the Instagram live show and interview with myself, hopefully in the next one to three days. Once those items have been posted on social media and on the website, items will need to be linked on the current site, we should then be on track for announcing our launch towards the middle or end of next week. Thank you again, and let me know if you have any questions in the meantime, Michael. So. That actually sounds quite long when I'm reading it out loud, but seeing that email, it is, you know, upbeat. It gets excited. Hopefully if you were, if you were hearing that, you're like, wow, this sounds cool. And then, hey, he even let me know like what his next steps were and ooh, I can be on the lookout for when this is posted. So hopefully that is a good example for yourself as you look towards writing these types of emails when you're asking for people. And you'll notice I did keep it general of like, let me know the overall thoughts on the site. And so if the person didn't want to get specific, that's what they could do. But then I also narrowed it down to look for typos and grammar errors because that to me, oh, I cannot stand when things are not spelled correctly <laughs> or if they're not written correctly. So that to me was really important. And then also kind of letting them know like if there is anything bigger that you don't like, let me know, uh, which to me is scary. Uh, but I let them know, like, I'll see how and when it could get patched up type of a thing. So it does keep it, you know, kind of specific, but more so broad at the same time. And then kind of close it out with like, here's what I'm going to be doing in the next one to three days. Kind of like you have at least one to three days. And then uh, kind of end it with, I want to launch it towards the middle or end of next week. So ideally, they should hopefully be getting it in in like 
three to four days because I would need you know, a couple more days to implement whatever they send my way. So I'm not actually telling them that, but that's something that is kind of implied. And just seeing the one to three days, automatically your brain goes like, oh, okay, phew, he's not asking for it tomorrow, <laughs> type of a thing. But with that, we've talked enough about asking for feedback. Let's go ahead and jump to our next topic of receiving the feedback. Okay, so at this point in the process, we know when to ask, we know why we should be asking, and we have gone ahead and asked the people. We've taken those steps and have actually asked them to send us feedback, and what is the next step? They start sending it back to you, and you begin receiving the feedback. And as we mentioned earlier, this is where you will very likely start to feel nervous, anxious, a bit stressed overall, and it's for, I would say, a very good reason. A group of people are taking a look at your work that you've been pouring so much of your time and energy into, and you really have no idea how they're gonna respond. However, let me also say that if you've gone through these sections, as the article mentions, and as we've been talking about for a good 30 minutes now about, uh, you'll be setting yourself up the best that you can so that you already kind of know what they're gonna say because you've given them guidelines of kind of what you're looking for, you've chosen the people correctly that you know, at the end of the day, you never really, really know. So that's why it is always a bit unpredictable and scary. But for the most part, you've set yourself up for success, which is great because it should make things a little less scary. So from here in the receiving, we're gonna go through some tips and tricks to set you up for receiving feedback successfully in some healthy ways. And then we're gonna end this section with responding to the feedback, because just as you take it in, you will need to respond to it. And how can we do that? What are some good ways to do that? So. Let's go ahead and get started with tips and tricks. All right, for the first one, realize that your work is different from you as a person. This is a huge distinction to make in that the people that are giving you your feedback are reviewing your work and sending you feedback on your work or the project. They are not sending feedback on who you are as a person. And even though it may feel very personal to you, since you're closer to the work than anyone else, you really wanna to try to remove yourself and note that the feedback is for what you've built only, not on yourself as a person. And that is very hard to do and takes a lot of practice. So it's not one of those things that, you know, it's just like, oh, he said to do this, I can do that. It's like, no, you really have to work your brain and your emotions to know that. Uh, from there, the second one, prepare yourself mentally and emotionally. This kind of ties in with that first one, but you don't know whether the person sending the feedback will know how to phrase their feedback well, and there may be a lot of constructive criticism given to you. And because you don't know what's gonna be sent your way, you need to prepare yourself for a situation that may make you feel sad or upset or angry. And we're, we definitely hope that is not the case. And we're also not suggesting that, you know, you go into it with a negative mindset and just expect doom and gloom. Oh, they're all gonna hate it. But we've also seen that, you know, in so many different parts of life, if you prepare for the worst, it can many times help you out in the long run in protecting you and saving yourself a lot of grief or sadness or anger or just really these unhealthy emotions that you don't need to have. So make sure you are prepared mentally and emotionally. And from there, just, I feel like these all go hand in hand, uh, which makes sense and it really should, but choose the right time of day to receive and take the feedback. If you work well in the morning, then work into your workday when you are thinking the best, the clearest, the most rationally. I mean, obviously you don't wanna look at this when you first wake up, even if you are a morning person, because I am. 
do your morning routine, get ready for the day, and officially start your day, even if that's early in the morning, and then you can get to that because if that's when you work best, that is going to be one of the best times. And then likewise, same if you work better in the evening, get through your day, make sure you're all set to go, you're in the mode, you're ready to go. Uh, but regardless though, you know, whether, you know, whatever time of day you're choosing, you want to be very protective of yourself when it comes to the time of day of when you open up and read the email. And even waiting an extra day or two is encouraged if it will be best for yourself. So going along that one, if I am a morning person and I receive something late afternoon or early evening, dude, I am not touching that email until the next day. I don't need my day ruined. I've already had a really long day. I get up super early. I've already done so much that by the time I get to late afternoon and early evening, I'm winding things down. I am packing things up, thinking about the dinner I need to make, the food I'm going to eat, what show or two I'm going to watch before I fall asleep in the chair and then have to drag myself to bed. So is that a good time to be looking at feedback from anyone, even if it's good? No, it's not a good time. So <laughs> do what you can to protect yourself. No, you know yourself the best. So go off of that. The next one, if at all possible, don't check the feedback on your phone. And now this may not be possible if the person texts you or direct message you the feedback. Uh, I actually had this where a couple people did either um, text or on Instagram, they sent their reply, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you can help it, I would definitely suggest you want to try to keep all your work related items off of your personal phone. It may be a bit different if you have a work phone in which then sure, go ahead. But you really want to help keep yourself removed from receiving the feedback personally. And a good way to do that is keep it off of your personal phone. That's for you. That's for your friends, your family you know, your followers not to receive this kind of constructive criticism that you may get. So that's definitely important. And then five, the last one in this little section, when opening up the feedback, quickly scan the message to get a gist of what kind of feedback it is, and then immediately take a break and walk away. If you do this, you're going to be able to help prepare your mind and body better than if you were able to take it all in at once. And I know that sounds a bit weird and almost crazy, but I worked like five years in customer service where I dealt with a whole range of, you know, any kind of customer you could have also worked with internal employees where you're emailing all the time, you know, all around, you never know what kind of news you're going to get, how you're going to respond to it. And especially on the customer emails, this is what I found helped so much. And also when it comes to receiving feedback, it's really helpful where you scan the email and you tell yourself or ask yourself, like, does this seem negative and not good? Okay, if it is, walk away, do another task for a bit. You have some time to prepare yourself for what they may be saying and why they would be saying it maybe. And at least in the case of feedback, knowing that it's not there to hurt you, but to make you better. Uh, in the, the case of customer service, I would say, you know, some people, I mean, they would just go on and on. They wouldn't put any punctuation, use capital letters. They wouldn't put paragraph breaks. So you just kind of read it, like scan it. And you're like, okay, they're mad about this, this, and this. I don't need to internalize all of it to know what they're mad at. So then I would walk away, think about what I'm going to say so that I hit those points, but I'm not going to read the negative again because I don't need to bring that into me and have that sit inside of me and think of it. And a lot of times, not just with feedback, but any sort of like negative email or any sort of message, as soon as you start fixating on it, it will not leave you. It will bug you till no end. So this is a great way where you can scan it, you know, if it's not good, that's okay. Walk away, think about it, think how you're gonna respond. 
tell yourself it's okay, they're not here to hurt you, but they're here to try to help you make your work better. And then on the other side, scan it, and if it seems positive and good, great, same thing, take a quick break. And I would say realize that although it all seems good, which is very good, collapse all around, there may be a few points of constructive, constructive criticism in there that may catch you off guard. So prepare yourself for jumping back in and reading in further detail, just knowing, hey, it may all seem good, but there may be something tucked in there. That one's kind of weird because I've had it happen a couple of times where I'm like, oh, they're being so kind, you know, in say a customer email. And then you keep reading, you're like, oh, actually, I think maybe this is a bit sarcastic or they end it really like not good. I'm like, oh, where did we go? We started out so good and I, you know, had my guard down. So it's kind of taking that. It's at a much lesser extent when it comes to feedback because hopefully you've asked good people and they should not be acting like that to you. But just in case, prepare yourself. And overall, the main idea is that you're putting yourself in the best position to take in the gist of the email, process the general content in your brain and body, and then switch your focus to taking it towards being towards your work before you then jump in and learn from what they've included and then from there respond to them. Which, wow, there was a lot in there. I would say go ahead and check out the article on our website under the podcast articles to get this list. If you really look at this, I mean, especially when it comes to feedback, but really any other, you know, job related anything, um, any bad news you may get or you think you may get, communicating with other people, confrontation. I mean, hopefully it's not done in writing too much, but if it is, these are great tips. I've worked in emails for so long and I can tell you it really does help save you. So, from there, let's get to responding to this feedback. So at this point, you've asked for the feedback, they've sent it to you, you've compiled it, and now you need to write back. I mean, how awful would it be if you asked them to give up this time to look through your work, send you feedback and notes on your work, and then you just leave them hanging. You don't respond, they don't know if you got it. It's just awful, so don't do that. You do need to respond back to them. And I would say the tricky part in responding back to feedback is that you may have to write back something that you don't really believe or feel is true in that moment. And I say in that moment because when you're taking in something like this, you may have those feelings of being easily angered or, well, they don't even know what I was trying to go for and, and they don't really get my vision. And they, you know, there's so much uh, 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 that you gotta <laughs> tell yourself like, hey, calm down, we need to write back. And you know, if you've taken yourself correctly out of the equation personally, then it should be a bit easier to respond back. But even then, let me tell you, because I am very even-tempered, it can still be really hard to write back and to thank someone when they've given you a whole list of items to fix. And of course, they're not even thinking like, oh, this might upset them because their intention is to make it better. So that's kind of the, the disconnect between when you're receiving it and you need to respond compared to the person sending it. I mean, if they are your friend or family, they're not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to point out all the negative stuff. They're trying to help you. Uh, but that's where it is very hard. And just knowing that, I would say it's incredibly important that you remain even-tempered when you're writing back to them. I mean, hey, you can take a break, walk away, do the same same and similar thing as like you scan it, and then you just got to get up and walk away, go for a walk, <laughs> do, do something to get your mind off of it, really process what they're saying, come back to it, look at it again, kind of see maybe where they're coming from, and then start to think, okay, how can we get back to them? But just knowing that, you know, they've taken a big chunk of time out of their day to review your work, 
and you didn't pay them to do so, and they're doing you really a huge, huge favor by sending over this feedback. So even if you're not fond of the feedback, it can still be taken as feedback to learn from regardless, because remember we talked about, they're giving you an overall impression of your work, which is what your customers and future followers are gonna be doing. So it is still feedback regardless of whether you like it. And then from there, if you're the one in charge, like you have the choice of deciding whether or not you wanna implement this into your work or you just wanna scrap it, you wanna leave it. So keep that in mind too when you're responding back is that you're doing a courtesy. I mean, they've done you a huge favor and you are being polite, respectful, and you're getting back to them. And as I, I briefly mentioned, but many times you may need more time to process kind of what's going on and you're like, I am not in a good spot to write back to this, or it may not even be that. You may just not have the time. I know feedback I've received over the years, like some people put so much time into it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really need to go through this. And like, they've sent such good stuff. And I don't want to just be like, yeah, thanks so much. I'll try to get this in. I want to like go through each point and be like, whoa, this was so good. Great idea. I had never thought of that. And oh yeah, when I did this, that is what I was thinking. So if you do need to send a message where you want to let them know, like, I will get back to you. We have a good beginning message to send and we have it in the article, but we just suggested something like, Hey Fisher, thanks so much for sending all this over. I so appreciate it. And we'll be going through this in the next day or so. I'll be sure to get back to you then again. Thanks so much. Philbrick. <laughs> See what I did. Fisher Philbrick. <laughs> uh, but basically it's nice and short. They know like you actually received it. That's a big one when people are like, did you even get what I sent? So yes, they know that they know you saw the email. You have had the chance to probably glance at it, but you really want to take your time to get through it. And you told them like, I so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And I will also get back to you once I've had the chance to further go through things. So that one is a very good one. And I would use that really at any time if I am not able to respond right there and then, because I don't want to forget and humans tend to forget, especially when it comes to emails or anything tech related, you're like, oh, I'll get back to them. And then days later, you're like, oh, I never got back to them. So this is a great way to do so. And you know, just start off with that. From there though, the second one is that once you are ready to respond, you don't necessarily need to go through all of their points of feedback unless you want to, but we have seen that it is polite to do so on some level. Basically, you're showing that you truly respect the time and information they've sent over, that you actually read through their feedback carefully. That's a big one. A lot of people are bad at reading. <laughs> so you need to show them, you know, like, hey, I actually read through everything you're saying and that you're taking them seriously because as we mentioned before, they're doing this for free. You've taken their time, their time away from sitting on the couch. Oh, I mean, this is some good time to use their brain. So, I mean, you could think of it as that, but for the purpose of this, no, they're doing you a huge favor. And so kind of what you could write back if you wanted to get started, it's also in the article, but we just came up with something like this, like, Hey Fisher, thanks so much for sending this all over to me. Your notes are so incredibly helpful and will be a big help to strengthening our website. Making the company description more clear is right on point and I'll work on the wording in this. Also, I completely agree that people are less likely to spend a ton of time reading, so our description should be edited down a bit. Good catch and thank you for mentioning this. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to review our website. I so appreciate it and can't wait to get the site launched. Thanks, Philbrick. So in that example, we went through like two different things that they may have mentioned. Likely they mentioned a lot more, 
But if we don't have the time, we're not looking to respond to every single thing. That's a pretty good way to be like, oh, you know, they took my advice and it sounds like they're actually going to do something. And hey, they actually are, and especially if they look back and see that these items have been fixed. They already know like you've credited it to them and you've thanked them for that feedback so that you could strengthen your work. So all in all, I would say, you know, receiving it well is very difficult. That's something you constantly have to work on. And I would just really go through that checklist that I mentioned of those like five points each time before you have to open it. I mean, eventually you will learn the best things for yourself. But let me tell you, even working customer service for years, it's a constant thing you got to stay on top of, of making sure you're ready to receive some harsh feedback. If it comes to that, hopefully the feedback you're getting will not be like that. But either way, like as humans, you never like to be told that you're wrong or that you're doing something incorrect or that needs to be better. Most people, that does not come naturally. You really got to learn how to really embrace this when it comes to feedback. So from there, we're going to go to giving feedback, which will be our last one. And then we'll take this home. All right. So giving feedback. Wow. We finally made it here. The last part. I mean, it is a lot different from when you're asking for and receiving it yourself, because that's something where you're asking someone else. They're giving it to you and you've got to process it. You've got to respond to them. This is where we're on the flip side of, hey, someone has asked you to give them feedback. How do we do this? Where do we begin? Let's get going. I think the first thing that even now as I'm thinking of it is like, one, like you should be very excited that they have gone ahead and asked you this. I mean, if they're fitting kind of those criteria of what we mentioned earlier of like, they think you're trustworthy, they know you, they respect your opinion, they think you're credible, that you have some knowledge, like they really think that you're a good person for this. So like props to you if someone has asked you because it means they see something good in you. <laughs> so that's already a good way to, to get started with it. But the other side of that is our thoughts are kind of like if you become good at giving feedback for yourself, you're really able to help others out so much more and just overall immensely than if you did not know how to give out feedback well, or if you just never gave out feedback, if you just reject it every time, like, no, I'm not interested. Sorry, I don't have the time. But this will be able to help you build strong, stronger networks, better relationships, and really know how to better traverse the sea of feedback for yourself. So it is one of those things like as you learn how to do it, you see it in other things and then you can learn how to take it better and like, hey, this person is probably just not wording things right and they're not really knowing how to give the feedback, but I know them as a person and this is not what they're really meaning. So it's more of that they don't know how to give the feedback compared to they're trying to be mean to me. <laughs> but it's not you, it's your work, remember? All right, so we're gonna go ahead and jump into about three to four different items within this. We'll try to go kind of quickly because we're running short on time. As usual, we like to talk <laughs> and hopefully you like to listen. Uh, so the first one, golden rule, start simply, super easy. That being that you should treat others how you wanna be treated yourself. Remember at the very start of this when we had you think through like one positive and also a not so positive feedback experience? Well, <laughs> that's a great start to building up what you liked, what you didn't like, and you know, just kind of your overall feelings when you've received the feedback. And it's in this that we suggest like you keep your mindset while you're giving feedback, as you're writing it, as you're going through it, maybe you're like, oh, this stuff is awful. <laughs> but once you're getting to writing it, being like, hey, how would I want to be told this? Even if it needed a lot of work or constructive criticism, like how is the best way to do this? How would I take it the best? And most likely that'll get you off to a good start or mostly all the way there, I guess. Okay, from there, tone. As a general rule of thumb, I would say, 
you know, we would suggest your feedback have like an upbeat, encouraging, and positive tone. The person asking you for the feedback is likely very excited about what they're working on and matching their tone will be a great start in figuring out kind of the right wording to use and how you should have the overall feedback feel. Another note to keep in mind is that the person asking you for feedback may have been nervous and hesitant to do so. Remember, they're human just like you. They probably didn't want to ask for feedback to begin with. So please remember to be kind and respectful. Even if you think there are some problems with their work, you can add in the truth with kindness and respect for the person. So keep that tone upbeat and going, going, going. And a lot of my emails, if you read them or if you communicate with me, I'll try to have it so that it is as if I'm conversing with you, which will be like exclamation points. And people are like, why are you so happy? I'm like, it's not that I'm happy. It's just that through writing, you can't really get that background of having, you know, hearing the tone. So I want to make sure I write in a way that you can tell like, I'm excited for you and I'm not trying to be like serious and doom and gloom and bringing you this harsh feedback. Okay, but enough on the tone. We'll jump to this sandwich theory. I'm calling it that. It has many other names, most which are not appropriate, but we'll just call it the sandwich or the sandwich theory. And this is really a helpful tactic that can be used in so many different ways, but particularly in customer service, if you're managing teams of employees in your personal relationships, anytime where you need to tell someone <laughs> some harsh news or news that may not even be, it's not that it's harsh, but it's just, constructive or it's not something they probably you know it's not something they want to hear most likely but the idea is that the pieces of bread are the positive and good elements that being the start of your email and the end of your email and inside the sandwich are the areas that contain constructive criticism areas of improvement basically the big chunk of information that is not always fun to relate to someone when it comes to feedback you're essentially starting out positive and upbeat getting to the items that may need correcting slash your constructive feedback, and then you're ending on a positive and encouraging note. And once you know this trick to use, it can seem a bit too simple to use and almost like you're manipulating others when doing so. However, we've used it for many years now throughout our own customer service and emailing careers, and we don't think this is the case. Basically, if you're wanting to give feedback that can be useful, helpful, and respectful, build someone up and empowers them, then you'll wanna work through implementing this and the feedback you send. There's just something about starting and ending good that makes a huge difference to the person receiving the feedback, which that's what you're wanting to be thinking, the golden rule each time, like how will they be receiving this? And even if the middle chunk does have some heavy material, people will most often be left with how you end the correspondence and the overall feeling you left them with. You know, give them a great last bite of your sandwich. And I know I heard this somewhere, I think in something I read or on a, another podcast, but they were saying they've done experiments where, you know, say with someone who's getting surgery or their teeth cleaned, it all is like in that last 10 minutes. It's all in the end of it that they base their record and their memory. So like the whole, say you're getting your teeth cleaned, the whole first part can be just awful and so much pain. But if in that last chunk, like, I don't know, you have great conversation or, you know, it just ends really, really good you leave there thinking like, oh, it wasn't so bad. And then your memory slowly distorts <laughs> to being that like, hey, it was a good time. It, it wasn't the best, but it ended great and I'll go back. Where at the same time, if they had people that it was all going good, 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 
And then the last part was just awful. I think it was in surgeries or um, colonoscopies, actually, funny enough and weirdly enough. And if that last part was just awful and they came to like just in a terrible state, it ruined their day, their experience, their time at the hospital, the doctor, kind of everything was just completely ruined. So keep that in mind that, you know, you want to leave them in a good place when you're ending things. And then from there, just some tips of things to avoid. We suggest avoiding phrasing similar to, I liked it, but, or what I didn't like, or I don't like this part of this and this, or, you know, just these words that I don't know are like backhanded compliments, or they're just very like abrupt and like, wow, we could have used <laughs> some easing into that. And even though, you know, it may not seem like you're being rude or disrespectful if you, you're using these types of words, receiving it is not fun and it doesn't come across very well. And yes, they do get to the point, but it jumps over that key part of like being res respectful and keeping the overall tone of the feedback towards being one that can be received well. And if you're in doubt of what you're writing, kind of ask yourself like, would I talk like this to a friend? Is this how I would want to be spoken to? Or if someone said this to me, would I receive it well? Basically, take time with your words. Look up online how to phrase your words if you need to. There's so many good resources out there of like, what's another way to say this was bad? <laughs> and then really remember to proofread your work. You might even want to like write out your feedback, take a half day break, and then come back to it with fresh eyes. Editing your feedback after a break is a great tactic to use, especially if you're sending a large chunk of feedback or a feedback that contains a heavy amount of constructive criticism. So just remember that, you know, you don't need to be in a rush to send it. Words are lasting. You know, it may not seem like a lot to you, but whatever you're sending to this person has the impact to fuel them and empower them to go further, or it can halt them in their progress. It can tear them down. It can turn them away from what they've been wanting to do. So keep that in mind. Be careful with your words, not just in feedback, in all areas of life. And so from there, we do have an example of how you can give feedback. We're going to tell you, though, go ahead and go on our website. Find this article. Super easy to find. And you can go ahead and read through it. It also even includes the Sandwich 3 written right into it. So that'll be a great way to go ahead and get the practicality of adding this in when you're giving someone feedback, go ahead, use it, and do what you can with it to make it the best that you can do when you're giving someone else feedback. And that'll be it for this section, which leads us to our conclusion. And all right, for our conclusion, we'll go ahead and start with some takeaways as well as our challenge, and then we'll close it out. So key takeaways, feedback at its best is there to strengthen your work and build it up to a better extent than where it was beforehand. Yes. <laughs> feedback is being given about your work and not you as a person. Take a moment to think through how you're going to remove yourself personally from the equation the next time you receive feedback. Super, super important. Uh, create a list and strategy when it comes to asking people for feedback. Write out who you want to ask, how you're going to phrase asking them, the email with instructions and the guidelines, how you're going to phrase that, as well as where are you going to organize their feedback, how are you going to implement it, etc., etc., etc. Uh, the next one, prepare yourself mentally and emotionally before opening up and consuming feedback. So important. Go through your R suggestions and narrow down how you are as a person and then create personal rules off of it, which you can implement the next time you're given feedback. And lastly, for a takeaway, 
be kind to others, treat them with respect and how you'd want to be treated when giving out feedback. Remember how good it feels to get constructive, honest, and positive feedback and always try to fulfill giving your own feedback in this way. And then for the challenge, we are challenging you to take the risk and ask a small group of people for feedback on the next project you're working on or likewise, the next time someone asks you if you'd like to give them feedback, say yes, go ahead and do that. You know, you can reread this article a few times that we have on our website if you need to, but really just be bold and jump right into it. You know, your work's gonna be better off in the end and you'll end up with a product that is so much stronger and better than what you could have done on your own. Also, most likely you will be getting a lot of positive and encouraging feedback, especially if they are wording their feedback correctly. And that is so helpful. It will fuel you. It will remind you of why you're doing what you're doing and really give you that great last push to make those final edits, some adjustments to it as well. And while you're at it, feel free to let us know what you're working on or if you'd like us to send you feedback. If we have the time, we would love to support you in this in any way that is possible. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap this up. All right, you guys, we are signing off for this episode. Once again, we wanna thank you for giving us a listen today. Feedback is such a tricky topic as from what we've seen, it usually does not bring good feelings and seems like something better to avoid. However, we hope that really going through this topic to the extent that we did and wow, we <laughs> really extended things. Uh, we hope that this has shown you why it's important and how you can really incorporate it into your work to make what you work on better off than it would have been without it. And remember, feedback at its best is there to strengthen your work and build it up to a better extent than where it was beforehand. Take those bold, courageous steps and ask for feedback. Your work will thank you. That's it for today. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>